Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 464. Love what you do. If you don't love what you do, find something you love and do it. You know, it's a bartending job. It's cool. It's no cooler than if you like hauling hay or digging ditches. Then go haul hay and dig ditches. It may not make the same money. Don't do it just for the money because you'll wind up miserable and people will feel that. It's like a big neon sign over here. You go, I don't want to be here. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. There is no time to waste in the restaurant business, especially when an opportunity comes up and you need extra capital. Cabbage created a simple, flexible way to get a line of credit of up to $150,000, apply online, and get a decision right away. Withdraw funds when you need them without reapplying. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses. Get started at cabbage.com slash unstoppable you can get a $50 gift card when you qualify that's cabbage with a k line of credit is subject to credit approval see terms and conditions all cabbage business loans are issued by celtic bank a utah chartered industrial bank member fdic what's sorcery sorcery is ap automation digital invoicing and time and money saved that's Sorcery. Sorcery allows you to streamline and digitize your entire account's payable operation. Digital invoicing backed with human verification will save you countless hours of work and increase AP accuracy. Say goodbye to your file cabinets and enter the digital world. Go to GetSorcery.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com or call 1-866-830-0691. And if you mention Restaurant Unstoppable, you will receive 10% off your first three months with no setup fees. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today as a guest, Billy Terrell. Billy, are you feeling unstoppable today? I'm feeling unstoppable. <laughs> yes. No uh, more beers, I'll be... Yeah, and this is actually the first time to paint a picture for you. We're sitting outside... Uh, of Billy's trailer, uh, the beached pig trailer. Uh, we're in his neighborhood. His dog's laying right next to us. We got about uh, we got four cans of, of uh, beer sitting next to us. Some moonshine uh, and some uh, what's this? Blantons. Uh, was it Blantons? Blantons. Bourbon. Bourbon. Oh yeah. Uh, on a, 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 a what kind of like a beautiful the table that you use the oh this is our table that we uh, clean, <laughs> that we. Trim hogs up for before we cook whole hogs. It's a perfect size. Everything just kind of hangs like that. <laughs> yeah. So I got chop, the, chop, the microphone set up there, the the interface, the computer. We're all set up. Behind me is a smoker, and it's 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 purring. It's, it smells beautiful. Uh, so I love taking the podcast on the road. Uh, I wish we had a video to capture this moment right now, but it's pretty badass, dude. Uh, well, paint a picture. <laughs> Have another yeah. cocktail. There paint you another go. picture. Hailing from Red Bay, Alabama, Billy Terrell got his food and beverage career started bartending as far back as he can remember. Whenever he was in a new city, he made his personal mission to stake out that location's best barbecue. In 2002, Billy got the cooking itch while in Nashville cooking for inner city youth. That kicked off a series of events, which ultimately led to the Beached Pig and Tin West Catering. Uh, So... 
I can't wait to get your story to find out how you got to where you are today and the lessons you can you can share with us. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us? Well, he saw a squirrel. You saw that, right? <laughs> the dog just took off. Yeah. <laughs> um, my live by motto, I guess, being as I do this every day or when I do it for people. I cook food like I like to eat it. I like great food. I'm not fat because I'm lucky. I'm also quality control. <laughs> you know, I, it has to be. It has to be special. It's like people love pizza or people love steak and people love whatever. They, I love barbecue. I could eat it every day. I I probably don't eat it every day, but I don't get tired of it when I do. If I get tired of pork, I can go to brisket. If I get tired of brisket, I can go to chicken. If I get tired of chicken, I can go you know some other style of ribs or you know whatever. We can do Korean style. We can do dry. We can, you know, it comes with taking food and just doing new things with it and trying to make it taste better than you could ever imagine. Mm. I love um, food brings people together. You get a lot of people together. What are they going to do? They're going to eat. Yeah. More or, or, you know, gather at a bar and drink and then start cussing and fighting. But everybody eats. I've been eating my whole life. So <laughs> as we all have. So if I'm putting my name on it, it has to be as good as I can possibly make it. Beautiful. Great way to get this thing started. Sure. And um, where did it all start for you? Because you, when you were younger, you were kind of hopping around. You were doing the bartending thing. You were part of a rodeo for a while. Not the rodeo, but you were uh, with bull, with I was a bull rider, rider bull for rider. about eight years. Um, so why why get started in the restaurant? Is it, was it just a, a, a for now job? If I get slurry, it's because I just took two th- huge swigs. Of moonshine, and I'm on my second Stop. beer, so uh, things it, might get crazy as this it conversation makes the <laughs> goes on. <laughs> um, as a as a kid, you know, my grandmother cooked, uh, my mom cooked. I came from a great line of cooks, or a line of great cooks, if you'd rather. Um, my grandmother could make just any, just make a great meal out of looked like nothing. My mom has the same skill, but my mom didn't do it as much as my grandmother did. It was it was just, but they all they all have that ability. Um, like I said, and you get a bunch of people together and just get good food and I don't know, good uh, camaraderie. I don't know. We'll throw out some four dollar words here until we get you know figure out <laughs> which one works. But I always liked the the atmosphere when everybody came together. It was a, it was a joyful atmosphere. The food's great, you know, in the best problem to have is where you can't eat anymore yeah. you're sitting over there and you're making fun of your granddad who's snoring now because he's had a long day and he's full but you did you knew not to mess with him because <laughs> he's had a long day and he's full <laughs> so but uh you know and food now is a lot different than when i was a kid you know they cooked with fat back or you know, lard or and i don't know you know this cooking is an art form more now than it was considered way back then um, you've got these people that can take and you eat with your eyes first and then your nose. And just like I told you the story earlier, we'd go to town. They didn't have a barbecue joint. Well, where would you eat at? Well, we go down here to so-and-so and go down, blah, blah, blah. And you take it right there and, and then right there you are. And you drive up on this place and you look at it. It's like, I don't know how somebody hadn't condemned this place. But as soon as you open that door... That smell, boom! boom. Yeah. We are in the exact <laughs> place we need to be to get our bellies full. Uh, there was a place in Oxford, Mississippi, one time. These guys took me to, uh, you know, college college buddies. 
this is man i walked up to it, it was like i don't know we're eating here you open the door and there was that smell and you look and there was these two big women in the back and they were cooking you could see them just going to town and first good sign yeah it's a great sign. <laughs> there's people in there that they're not saying a whole lot they're not mad they're just eating you know <laughs> so it's 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 that you know picture that i want to paint that, that, that i want to that's that kind of cooking that i want to do um whether it's barbecue or whether it's vegetables or where, where you know it's it's a comfort it's a com- it's yeah, the comfort yeah. part of it you yeah. know i was a bartender for 20 almost 25 years now there's people that are you know love to go out and drink and they have fun and they do it right and they get up the next day with a hangover the size of kansas and and they can do it all over they can do it you know time after time you know those are the fun drunks there's some people that should never walk into a bar and have, <laughs> consume alcohol because it turns them into jackasses. Yeah. And not a good jackass. But I had that ability to take somebody and that was being a jackass and let them know there's being a jackass in the nicest way and then send them on their way and they were glad to do it. But I don't know, just some people should never drink. But <laughs> so I don't know, it's just my the ability to cook and and so I feel like at this point like you always loved food and you yeah. knew you loved food but you weren't really ready to commit to it as your career yet sure um, at this point you're you're more bartending and you're you're a, a bull rider uh, did you have a career were you look, hoping to make a career out of bull riding at any point or was it just fun at this point that would have been a great idea you know at the time because I loved bull riding it wasn't for everybody it's uh, it's one of those things that. You see all these guys on TV, they'll uh, they'll get into a bucket shoot and they're ready to go and they'll turn around and nod their head and ready to go. You don't have to nod your head. You can immediately go, yeah, no, I'm out. <laughs> Fuck this, I'm out. Dude, but, I, I can't even wrap my mind around what it's like sitting on. How much does a bull weigh, like 1,000 pounds? Uh, anywhere from 1,000 pounds to 2,000 pounds. It's just, it varies. Jesus, um, that's a lot of meat between your legs. Yeah, right and there. he's kind of got a little attitude. He doesn't like yeah, you on no, his back. No, well, you're not supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, But my thing was, you know, it just fired me up. He, if he's pissed, I'm ready. Let's, let's do Let's dance. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of those guys that'll, they'll, they don't, they just lock up and they don't hear anything. All of a sudden they're like, mm-hmm. you yeah. can't, you can't get in there. You got to slap them around a little bit and they're like, <laughs> breathe. <laughs> My thing was breathe. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And, yeah. um, but once you drop your feet, you can feel him breathing under you. You can feel that skin move and you're part of him now. Yeah. Whether you know it or not, you're about to be part of him briefly. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. It's a true story. I had a kid one time that wanted to do it. Oh, yeah, I want to do it. It's cool. I want to do it. Blah, blah, blah. We get to a little rodeo in Pontotoc, Mississippi. And um, he says, uh, yeah, so we get down, and it's time for him to go. And it's time for him to get on. He's like, <laughs> he's, eating, he's shaking in his <laughs> chest. And, Come on, Gary, get on. Come on, Gary, get on. He gets on, and we're starting to pull the rope. He's like, <laughs> you know, it's got to be tight. you got to be able to hold on. And he just has this this look come over him. And it must be white noise to him because I couldn't get to him. I smacked him in the chest, and he took a big breath in. And the guys are going, you ready to go? Says, go to the next one. Go to the next one. And uh, come right back. Well, they come right back to him. So, Gary, you got to get ready to go. We're, it, we're fixing to turn you out here. So um, <laughs> uh, it's getting about ready to go. And he goes, look. 
it's time to t- it's time to go. They're, it's a production. These guys are putting on a rodeo. There's people re- ready yeah. to see the next guy come out. Yeah. And uh, I said, Gary, look at me. I said, when you get ready to go, you nod your head, okay? He went, okay. And these guys over here opened the <laughs> gate on him. It was by the time the bull hit the ground the first time and started again. Gary clicked his heels. He landed flat of his back. Of course, no air. <laughs> So I don't know if you guys, so he's telling the story and he's going through the motions while he's talking. So he said, you know, Gary, tell me when you're ready to go and just give me the nod. So he's, he nodded his, his answer to to Billy. Okay. I'll give you the nod when I'm ready. Where the, 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 I don't know. The the guy opening the gate goes, he he saw the nod and he opened the gate. So what happens next? He got, yeah, it was, it wasn't pretty. He did this big one and a half, about 12 <laughs> feet in the air, hit flat of his back. And you could hear just all the air leave his body. Kind of sounds like opening a restaurant. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> With less horns. You ready? Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, and then let's open the front door. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what happens. And you're stampeded. Yeah. <laughs> but Gary couldn't talk for about two weeks after that. Oh, he wow. hyperventilated and everything just oh, literally wow. locked up. Uh, but he, tell, he still tells that story. And uh, it... It was it was funny, but it was scary. It was funny to me. Mm-hmm. Scared the shit out of Gary. I said, so, "You don't ever have to open that gate. You don't ever have to nod. They will always open that gate if you if you tell them you're ready. You can always get up and leave. Yeah, there's no, you know, there's no. They the, a lot of them have probably been in that situation before. They get it. Yeah, like, I've seen kids, you know, just get up and kick the latch and let the ball go. I guess he just didn't have the. <laughs> I'm not sure how we got here. Yeah, I don't either. We ended up here because it was either. a great story. <laughs> you know the shot of uh, moonshine? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, Jesus, well, this is this is a great might, idea. Well, I might be sipping my car tonight. Mm. <laughs> we got a great. Uh... <laughs> that was a great idea. Mm. Yum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it is smooth, though. I was expecting it to be a lot more uh, painful. It will be tomorrow. Oh, thanks. Should I? <laughs> oh, boy. Let's go back to food. Don't let him give me another shot of uh At least until we load the cooker. Okay. Back to business. Back so, to business. <laughs> um, so at this point, you're, you're just you're just rodeo. Uh, you're that's all I wanted to do was rodeo for... and bartend and drink too much. and. So you're just looking to have a good time. That's pretty much You're a free spirit. I was, def- I was dating Tina at this time, but still a free spirit. I still did what I love to do. Uh Made a lot of money bartending. Yeah. I was bartending at one of the hottest. So where were you bartending? Get, get into at, that. Why at that time? Well, that's just what I always wanted to do. I came from a town that we didn't have bars. Okay. We, you know, and I'd been to spring break and I got to drink as long as I'd give them money, they'd give me drinks. <laughs> and that was a great idea. What a concept. Uh, of course, I, at the at the time, the drinking age was 18. Mm-hmm. And when I left school. What's the time? Where are we now? Uh, 1983. Okay. I was 18. Uh, so you go on spring break. Where are you in spring break? Panama City. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's a lot different than what it was then. But uh, <laughs> And there's another thing I'd like to say. As a bartender for 25 years, I know why the drinking age is eight, went from 18 to 21. God. Kids nowadays are, they are, well, they're stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Of course, we, you know. Well, I feel like the outside looking in, they always, always look more like, you know, when, when you're. Well, when you're spending daddy's money. Yeah. You know, that's a. See, I don't owe anybody a nickel. That was money that I worked for. You know, if I want to spend it on beer, 
spend it on beer, if okay. I want to spend it on you know whatever. But you know, I didn't. I was never an ugly drunk. I didn't, you know. So eventually, you start you know working as a bartender. So what was it about the bartender position that appealed to you? I, I don't know the, the camaraderie with the people. I, I yeah. always loved talking to people. I yeah. always you know love drinking with people. Yeah. Uh, uh, 1986 at uh, the District Cafe at Startwell, Mississippi. I I couldn't have a bartending job because they were all full. Uh, so I got a job at the bar. And is this 83 still? This is 86. 86? And okay. uh, I got a job at that bar shucking oysters. Okay. They had an oyster, uh, I was like 25 cent oysters. Okay. And uh, I got I learned how to shuck oysters and then within a couple of months I was a bar back and well, I was a bar back and shucking orchard. And then uh, within a couple of months, I had a I had a spot, you know, a couple of nights a week. I'll take it, you know. All right. And, uh, of course, then the food would come out. You know, there's another thing. They had great food there. Okay. And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. I want to learn how to do that. And I can do that. You know, you know, it's just, if they can do it, I can do it. What's up, fellas? We got Billy's son coming over here. Yeah, come Weston on over. and Jack. It's, it's, we're casual. We're casual. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> hey, What's buddy, up, good to see you. Go Cowboys. Jack's my best friend. <laughs> it's called Restaurant Unstoppable. And uh, basically, I make an example of people doing good stuff in the restaurant industry. Share their knowledge. Share their advice for those trying to reach similar levels of success. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, dude. Appreciate cool. it. Cool. <laughs> We're going to get back to the, the story, if you guys. <laughs> cool. See you guys. Have fun. <laughs> Thanks for saying hi. <laughs> uh, so, okay. It's all good, man. I, I love know, it. right? Um, so keep going. Um. They're bringing out food. And they oh, they're bringing food. out food, yeah. and that was one. I guess it was, was another kind of a point in my life. Is like, yeah, this isn't food that you get at home. This is this isn't the homemade cheese sticks. This isn't the the raw oysters. This was a this was a from coming from country cooking to now I'm working in a place that does food. This is my first uh, restaurant job, I guess. Okay, real restaurant job. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but the food they were putting out was beautiful. It was pretty. It was it was flavorful, and it was it was tasty, and it was all the things that food ought to be. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you would fix it home. And that was another something that I can do this, and I can you know I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do this because that's how they do this, and yeah. I can do it. But I can do it this way. I always had a little twist to it. So you were taking what you were seeing being put out to your guests, and that was inspiring within you to sure. kind of bring up your own culinary. Excellence at home. Yeah, this was 1986, and I, little did I know that it was a culinary experience that I was going to embark on eventually one day. But you never know, and I can still see the food coming out of that place. And that was another thing. What he had, you know, he had have meetings with this guy before he, you know, he owned the place. It was a little small place. It had like I don't know, 20 tables in the whole place, mm-hmm. little patio included. And um. The business law teacher used to make an example of this guy's a he's a great at this and great at that, but he's a terrible businessman. He should be doing this and charging this for it. And it's like you don't have to charge that kind of money to, to, to you know, it's one of those things. It's like you're not you're not trying to. It's not always about the profit, man. Like you, the cash flow will determine uh, what you can do in your business, and will it will determine uh, growth and scaling and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with just enjoying what you do every day. And, right. And, and there's nothing wrong with being one location and being affordable and uh, getting by. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with, if you can keep your doors open and get by and be happy. Right. Why isn't that success? It is success to me. Yeah. You know, there's there's people that if I'm feeding you something 
I want to, I wouldn't, I don't want to feed you anything that I wouldn't feed my own mother mm. or I wouldn't want to eat myself. And, uh, I, that was the kind of the first, um, time I really experienced somebody that was talking about the food and what it meant to him to, for people to come back. And, you know, it's kind of how the whole setup was is, is how, how the food carried the weight, you know, mm-hmm. the food, the food made the statement. You don't have to tell them anything. You know, well, it's this, 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 but when they come back again and order the same thing or, you know, when they tell you at the end of the meal, this was the best of blah, blah, blah. This was this. It, it, it hit a spark with that person to, to make them want to come back and have some more, you know. Well, if you'd had, if I would have gotten this or this, but I got this. Next time I'll come get this. This guy had a, had a vision. And like I said, the business law teacher had said, he's good at this and he's good at that, but he's terrible at business. Well, really? There's always a wait at the door. Yeah. You know, he's doing something right. Yeah. And apparently he keeps the doors open. Yeah. So maybe his per, his perspective was he should be making more money. Exactly. But th- telling a college kid that is trying to rub two nickels together. He's yeah. like, why the fuck would he charge, you know, $8 <laughs> instead of 6 you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I get both perspectives. Oh, I do too. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, you if I've learned anything interviewing these successful people, they're chasing happiness. Yeah. Uh, and if you're happy making it affordable and, you know, just just serving your community uh, and that's all you want, then yeah. that's all you need. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd love to have a million bucks. Don't get me wrong. I'd, I'd still do this. Yeah. We haven't gotten to what this is yet. Yeah, We're right. Still this right. Story. Well, this so, meaning what I'm doing now, I'm just yeah. making it better. Yeah. Um, Let's let's build into that. All right. Uh, I'm curious. From so from '86 to 2003, you're bartending or 2002. Yeah, you're bartending. So I'm, I was still bartending after that. I I quit bartending. Well, it's whatever. How many restaurants did you work in in that time? Was there any one? Let me ask you this question. Was there any one location that stands out as far as where you grew the most as a bartender and as a professional hospitality person? The Palm. The Palm. Yeah. So wh- wh- when was this? That was my last bartending job. Uh, I take that back. I did a bunch of private stuff, but the Palm was kind of the one. That was the one I was going to retire at. Okay. You know. When did you start working there? Uh, God, I don't even know. I'd have to look back. Uh, I worked there about five and a half years as a bartender. So that was the last bar you worked at. Yeah, and then so I, from ninety eight to two thousand three. Well, no, I wasn't there in ninety eight. I didn't work there till uh, I'm. I was still bartending past two thousand three. Okay. The two thousand. I was bartending at the Gold Rush down on Elson Place, okay. which is an old hippie bar, uh, just no dive bar, but it's it's still open, and they've they've since gone through another managers or another owners, and you know changed the theme, and I don't know, it's one of those you now it's a, a micro brewery bar, some or you know one of those hippie or yeah. hip bars. <laughs> Hippie beer bars. Good save. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's have another swig of that. But um, I always wanted to bartend. Love bartending, just you know, margaritas. Let's make margaritas. You know, okay. Jagermeister was big. Goschlager came out. We drank Goschlager like it was our job, and <laughs> at the end of the night, we're like, we sold this shit. Everybody's drinking Goschlager. Everybody's stupid. And then you had to go home and get the next day, do it all over again. Goschlager, done. I drank enough of that to sink a John boat or float a John boat. Jagermeister came out. Yeah, great idea. <laughs> I drank a bottle of Jägermeister a night, you know, <laughs> run a flight of stairs. But we were just, you know, as yeah. long, long as you're moving, you're great. Yeah. You ever sit down? You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't feel my feet. But 
or have a you know we're down close to Vanderbilt have them three deep you know give this their drinks uh or give them the change give them their drinks take their order just keep going back and forth back and forth back and forth yeah get down I said be ready you know turn around what do you want well hey what do you want what do you want, what do you want? like yeah next <laughs> I just I just start pouring Jaeger dude I'm so guilty of that by the way I've uh, done that so many times I'm like I'm such an asshole and, or if they come to me and they're like I'm like oh I got distracted shit and I'm like just go on well it's I'm like, like I'm like just pass me start pouring Sorry. up some Jägermeister and well we wanted uh, three of those citrus shooters and one of those melon balls like that's Jägermeister that's how I make them Next, be eight fifty. You know, so so okay. So let's get to the point where um, you start falling in love with barbecue, and you're starting to think you're having a conversation. Maybe this is going to be what I do. This is my path. Barbecue was never the. I never really ever had a, you know, the big light to keep walking to. It just kind of turned into barbecue being that light to follow you talked about how um um chasing your dream i was never chasing it i was just kind of i was you know i was today i was day to day i've always been day to day you know i'm yeah. not guaranteed tomorrow i made even not to get back on bartending but i made a shit ton of money bartending yeah pissed a shit ton of money away you know i just go on a trip let's go or let's go deep. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got money. It's cash money. Yeah. Um, paid bills. Uh, if I hadn't been for Tina, I'd probably still be renting. Renting. Uh, it's. She's probably. I probably. I'm probably alive because of her. <laughs> let's just get that all out to clear. But yeah. you know, and the. Uh, you know, the food was always important. You know, if I got a, it's like the drinks. You know, hey, we're you know we're serving food with it, Tennessee. You have to sell so much food to have to, know, to be able to sell to sell liquor, yeah. beer. Yeah. But food is one of those things that a lot of people, you know, their tables after the bar, it's hit and miss. You know, they give two shits. But at the table, they're going to something to eat. Here's the menu. You've always got a menu. If you're going to put your name on that, you know, that person, if it's not right, they're going to come to you. They're going to say, well, this is not. Da, 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 da. And you look at them. A lot of people like, never send it back. They'll spit in it. That's bullshit. You know, if it ain't right, send it back. Yeah. Uh, if they spit in it, grab them by the throat and beat the brakes off of them. But, you know, <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's the food is. We got another visitor. Hey. This is my wife, Tina. Tina, Tina nice Eric, to meet you. Eric, Tina. Heard great things. Um, this is what happens when you record a podcast in a cul de sac. I know, right? Right next to a barbecue truck. <laughs> Tina, come on over. Yeah. Say hi. A pound of barbecue? I'll make him a pound. All right, I'll make him a pound of barbecue. Nice meeting you, Tina. (laughs) (laughs) That's my wife. So we're we're sitting in a cul-de-sac right now. We got this massive, which I'm sure it's always here, so people are used to seeing it. Oh yeah. But the the smoker's going, and um, it smells fantastic. Yeah, it's hard to not draw. It's like moths with a like a light. Yeah, they just come in. So (laughs) it's it's. And it's it's funny in the like in the spring and summer you get a lot of joggers in the neighborhood. Yeah, when the smoke has been rolling all night and you can smell it. Like we have a police officer that lives in the front part of the neighborhood. I she'll come in. Truck. Yeah, she'll come in and it'll be you know early morning. She's you know winter's day. I'm like, going to check on thing. Of course, it smells just like yeah, this. I'm make sure the neighborhood's safe. Yeah, in that way. But you'll get more joggers <laughs> down. This like, hey, what's what's cooking? You know, just <laughs> jogging around, cooking barbecue. You. You know, 
everybody loves good yeah, coffee. Yeah, it draws it in. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like I think it's it's like hardwired into our DNA. If you think about the history of uh, humans and the in cooking, sure, it all started with you know hanging meat over fire yes to smoke it to keep the insects oh, away yes. to to preserve it and like it, it's been happening long enough tens of thousands of years for us to really be drawn into it right uh, i think it's a part of our dna i really do believe it is i um, agree so okay let's bring it back to yeah. uh the point where i think the question was like when were you going to really start like leaning into barbecue as your your source <coughs> of income your your means when i was leaving the palm we kind of I, I wouldn't say we left on bad terms but I needed a break, but I wanted to stay, but I needed a break. But when, once I got, you know, free and clear. A from, break from what? I'm sorry. A break from bartending at the okay. Palm. Well, I'd been bartending there for five and a half years. At the Palm, we're right across the street from the Bridgestone Arena, which is Bridgestone now. When the Preds play, it'll go from eight or ten people in the entire bar area room to five deep in about 15 minutes. And just yeah. control chaos at best. But I, I I went and hired a couple of great bartenders. I hired Wayne Jones, who is the bartender's bar. He's still there. Mm-hmm. I hired him. I went looking for him there. They needed a girl. They needed a, not to get you know politically correct. You know we need and it's the palm. You know we need we need, we need a black person or we need a, a girl or we need a, a lesbian or we need a you know something besides a white male. Well, I need somebody that can go from eight or nine people in the bar to five deep and handle the load. Just like that. And Wayne was my guy. We've been knowing each other since I'd moved to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like a, he's like a surfer guy, man. But when it came down to bartending, boom, boom. we bartended next to each other. I needed a Mark Page. I needed a, I needed a, a um, you know, a couple of these guys. I needed a Grit Greer. Grit was a, my, he's my best friend. Who are friend. these guys you're talking about? Are They're they, bartenders. Okay. And like uh, I taught Grit. Yeah, well. Of the bartender community, yeah. I hired Grit. I say hired Grit. Not talk that. Take it back. I taught Grit. Greer had a bartender when we used to rodeo together. We okay. lived together, and uh, he's like, I said, look, you can go to a little town, and it's, let's just say if you're on the, in, who knows where, on the backside of nowhere, and we're at a rodeo, and we didn't do so good, and we're out of money, and blah blah blah. You can get a barback job or a bartending job somewhere, and you can make enough money to da 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 da. You know. Yeah. So we had a we built a bar in our basement. One night, drinking and making margaritas. The next night, we came home from the jobs we had, and we, I was teaching him how to bartend. And I was bartending at Texana Grill at the time. The next night, we did it again. I made him get behind the bar. And about two weeks later, he had a bartending job. Mm-hmm. He's had a bartending job ever since. Okay. And, and uh, it, you know, a lot of my life now is it's, I've known as you know known for barbecue, but for years I was a bartender. That's that was what I did. And everything kind of leads up to barbecue, but these guys, you know, they are they were uh, a bartender's bartender, if you will. Okay, and uh, that's what I needed. But you know, I've, everything I have is what is a bartender's bartender? It's like let's just say that you, you've never um, a bartender is a special breed, just like a barbecue guy or. Uh, a podcast guy, you know, you, you're, 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 you're known for whatever it is you do, but you know, you make drinks like boom, you, you're pounding out. So you, you're so good at what you do that you have the respect of the people that do it. Yes. Okay. Exactly. And you get that one cat that, you know, boom, boom, you know, he can see your, 
by the time you finish this and set it down, it's on it. Boom, there's another one sitting yeah. there. Uh, I could. You should go to the pond with me one night. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, I'm a, I might have a couple interviews lined up before I get out of here. Sweet. Uh, so, I don't and know. We'll just, have to talk to my host. Make sure Grant's okay with me staying beyond our agreed upon time. Right, right. <laughs> I love Grant, man. Oh, man. What a great guy. So, okay. So, bartender's bartender. Uh, so, what I'm picking up from you right now, what I'm loving to hear, it sounds like, and it's something I, I see all the time, people who make it in hospitality, food and beverage, whatever, they're mentors first. They're, they're, they're teachers first. And right. it sounds like you're getting people into the industry, yeah. teaching them the industry. And really, if you want to attract onto yourself the best of the best, you got to be willing to get them there. You see yeah. something in them, you recognize that they have it, and you you co- you know you you're like a, a snake charmer, and you, sure. you pull it out of them. You want to do it this way. You don't want to be that guy over there. You sit here for ten yeah. minutes. Can I get a beer? He's over trying to get laid or something, and it'd <sighs> be a great place for a bartender. Yeah, yeah, we're here to work. There's a time and place for that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what did you learn about what a bar? A bartender's bartender is like what? What makes a bartender's bartender? Give me the, the qualities of somebody who who earns the respect of others in the industry. You have enough enough of these people that that come in and is like, hey, you know, and, and they can see you're busy. And they're, hey, 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 hey. Please stop snapping in my face, you jackass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So the person doesn't need to wait to be asked for help. They, they, they're, yeah. they're reading the room. They're anticipating needs. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm getting this guy. I'm getting this guy. I'm getting this guy. And then uh, a bartender will sit there and, you know, a bartender's bartender. It's just like the guy that, you know, you want waiting on you. You know, he, he, he's he got you covered. You yeah. see he's busy. Um, Just like when he's busy, you'll sit there and you'll wait and he's, he's, he's making his money. Hey, when he's back, hey, I'll get a Bud Light, boom, you know, boom, sure, boom. You don't have to talk. He's making his money with it, those yeah. guys. Um, it's it's just uh, you just know them when they're in. You just I don't know. You know they do what you do, or have done what you do. Rather than the little the little snots go. Um, yeah. What kind of drinks do you make? <laughs> All Can right. I get a long aisle to make it a good Real quick question. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, did your smoker reach temperature? Oh, yeah. Do you want to throw the. Let's do that. Do you, you want to get that on there? Yeah. We'll pick up. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. We're going to take a, br- a quick break. Um, a, br- a quick break <laughs> to thank our sponsors, actually, and we'll be back. Everyone loves processing invoice after invoice. It's the best. <laughs> Not really. Just the sight of a filing cabinet is enough to make you sick, right? It doesn't have to be that way. With Sorcery, there's no more manually processing invoices by hand and no more cutting check after check. With Sorcery, you can organize all of your accounts digitally, scan your invoices, and pay your vendors with just one click. It is easy. Sorcery offers fully managed accounts and statements reconciliation, so you no longer spend hours on the phone with your vendors and banks that stinks. You now have the peace of mind knowing your accounts are being taken care of, and you can get back to work doing what you love, running unstoppable restaurants. Go to GetSorcery.com, that's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com, or call one 800 Six six eight three zero zero six nine one. Mention Restaurant Unstoppable and receive ten percent off your first three months. And say goodbye to your old filing cabinet and hello to the digital world with Sorcery AP Automation. 
To be unstoppable, most restaurants require a little extra capital from time to time. It happens, right? Uh, when you need funding to like renovate or buy equipment or manage cash flow, you don't have time to just track down financial statements or wait weeks for a decision. And that is where Cabbage can help. Cabbage gives small businesses access to a line of credit of up to $150,000. And if you apply online, you'll get a decision right away, which is pretty awesome. Since Cabbage is a line of credit, you can take the exact amount you need. You'll never have to reapply to take out additional loans, and you only pay for the funds you use. Yeah, you're impressed, and I haven't even gotten to the impressive part. Cabbage has helped more than 130,000 businesses from every industry with over $4 billion in funding. Like, awesome. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and was named a Forbes Top 100 company not once, but twice. Check out Cabbage at Cabbage with a K dot com slash restaurant unstoppable and you'll get a $50 gift card when you qualify. That's Cabbage, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash restaurant unstoppable. Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions. All Cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, a Utah chartered industrial bank member FDIC. So we're back, and uh, we had to take a quick break to uh, tend to the smoker. We had to uh, th- it got up the temperature, and uh, t- talk us through what what you uh, just threw on the smoker real quick. I had um, six large pork butts and two large pork loins left over from uh, cook a couple of days ago, and I wanted to put them on there so that I would have them uh, for this coming weekend. There's always someone wanting barbecue or wanting pork loins, and if not, then say Monday I'll. I'll uh, bring everything, I'll steam everything up, and we'll do vending and do sandwiches and do, you know, by the pound and and just take care of these people's barbecue needs. And uh, we'll, uh, I, I, if I didn't put it on, it would go bad, and I don't want it to go bad, probably a couple of days, but it's a beautiful night. It's beautiful weather. It was 82 degrees today oh, in man. Nashville. Beautiful, balmy February day. (laughs) Nice, humid, balmy February day. (laughs) The humidity around here is unbelievable. But right now, it's it's It's, it's pleasant and comfortable. So I was just kind of there letting you do your thing, listening to you talk, and you just went on this tear on, like, your values as a bartender and the rules you had as a bartender. And uh, what are what were some of those rules? We'll first start with uh, why, why the no politics, no religion conversation. People start drinking. They start getting, you know, they turn into someone different. If they're not happy, they've, they've got a cross to bear, no pun intended, about how, you know, I think this way and I don't want you to think bad of me thinking this. You know, they get into this whole... Um, I don't know, debate with their self of why they feel that they're, they just don't seem happy. But you get politics and whiskey together and somebody else that's not on the same page as that person and they will go to blows. Yeah. And if you don't, if you know, like you or I could talk about, you know, what, how you, your thoughts on something about politics and then move on to the next subject. Some of these people can't do that. It's like they are so passionate about politics or religion. You know, they just, it's like if you're if you're a Muslim and 
just using Muslim as a term, you hear it on the news. You can never leave the religion. You know, the to the price to leaving the religion is death. They will stone you to death or kill you or you know, it's like, wait, wait, what? But in a bar with liquor or beer and and passion about religion or politics always turns into a big shit storm. <laughs> and the people sitting next to them didn't come there to hear that. And that's the key part right there. They can have their conversation, but they can't have it to the point where they're not influencing and affecting the people around them. And exactly. as a bartender, you can't just be focused on these two people. You got to think about what what's how are these two people affecting the experience for everyone? Yeah, and, and you got to be mindful of that shit. Yeah, you got to be mindful of that. So. It's my job, or you know, I took it as my job. Say, look, rule number one in this bar, I rule. Rule number two is don't fucking forget rule number one. And they, oh yeah, they'll blow it off, and I'll say, guys, that's enough, you know. And then come back five minutes later, and they're trying to do it quieter, but so they're getting intense. How do you diffuse that? What advice do you have for the bartender listening to this, or the server listening to this, the per- the front of house person listening to this? How do you take that high ten that that, that high in, in intensity? Uh, situation and diffuse it before it gets to a point where it's real shitty. Well, it it gets real shitty real quick. So you have to, you have to get a hold of it quick and let them know, look enough. You know, it's like two kids fighting in the backseat. He's not touching me. He's not touching me. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Stop touching (laughs) your brother. I'm not touching, you know, that kind of shit to the point where it's like enough. You you take control of the situation. I've told you three times, get the fuck out. Yeah. That you go outside and do this. Yeah. We don't want to hear it anymore. No well, yeah. you're a dick. Yep. Fuck you. Get the fuck out. Here's your tab. Get out. <laughs> you can't throw me out. I just did. Get the fuck out. <laughs> so, the, you know, you just, you, you know, nobody else wants to hear that. And yeah. you try to be as polite as you possibly can for as long as you possibly can. But if they're not listening, they're not listening. Yeah. And that's just the bottom line. So, any nuggets uh, being somebody who's been bartending for 25 years or who bartended for over 25 years any lessons any like values any secrets of the trade uh that you t- that you would always made sure you taught somebody new coming up under your mentorship that you can share with us love what you do if you don't love what you do find something you love and do it you know it's a bartending job it's cool it's no cooler than if you like hauling hay or digging ditches then go haul hay and dig ditches. It may not make the same money. Don't do it just for the money because you'll wind up miserable and people will feel that. You know, they'll this it's just like it's like a big neon sign over here going, I don't want to be here because I hate you people. You know, if you don't like people, don't be in the people business. Yeah. Go carry mail for a living or mm-hmm. something. You know, do fucking you know, go out and trim trees or something. Put a head set of headphones on and mow a yard. But you don't need to be doing that. If, no, I hear you, man. Yeah. So I'm curious. We haven't even talked about barbecue. No, right. Uh, so eventually, taking me through the the take me to the time where you're like, all right, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop bartending. This is I'm going all in on barbecue. When did you know that was gonna happen? Take me to that time. When I left the Palm bartending, is like I'd already been barbecuing. We'd already been entering contests. We, you know, we. It's kind of like playing golf, you know. I loved playing golf, you know, back years ago when I first started bartending, but we drank better than we golfed. And the more you drink, the worse you got it. You know, you, you sucked at golf. <laughs> and then when I started, I had an apartment one time on a golf course, and you'd come home and go out there, and it was late afternoon, nobody's really there, and hit 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 them off the tee box and go down and do, walk about three holes and come back. Damn, you know, and you do that three or four times a week, start getting better. But then you... 
if you're not drinking, you're, you're focusing and you're be more focusing on golf, then you get better at golf. But there was these times that, like the Chili's Golf Tournament, that was, I mean, it was, you'd have to get a driver to drive you home because. <laughs> were you competing before you left? Or yeah. You, so you were competing while bartending? Yeah. I'd, How I'd, long were you competing while bartending? The first Music City Barbecue Championships here in Nashville, I'd been watching it on TV. I'd been doing it at home. I'd been doing it for other people. I'd been doing it and saying, you know, that, you know, people, uh, I guess everybody will tell you, oh, this is good, this is good, this is good. But you'd going back to those days going to a rodeo somewhere and like you didn't chew it and it got bigger you know i think I could, i'm gonna try this i've seen it i've seen it i've seen it i want to try it and you know you got to put your money where your mouth is eventually so we signed up and went down to the music city barbecue contest and had no idea what we were doing but we were next to people that's another thing about bar, uh, barbecue people they're there to help you they yeah. they'll be your they'll be your biggest fans let's dive into that culture because i feel like that what you just said uh, the, I've noticed the people that are most successful in this industry aren't afraid to share what they know. So, absolutely, dive into that barbecue culture. Uh, would you say the same thing's true? The most successful barbecuers out there are the ones that are also helping sure. their competition. Absolutely. Why is that beneficial? It's benefit. You know, competition's good. Competition's healthy. Um, I can sh- I can give you everything that I just did in here, and just you know, show you this and give you rub and, and, and give you the meat and, <laughs> and, and then just, and turn it over to you. It doesn't mean that yours is going to, it can only benefit you. It can benefits me because it, it helps you. I could say, I could give you some shitty rub or some grisly ass meat and go, yeah, this is what I use and lie to you. And then you, you could never be like, what the, you know, this isn't, this isn't, this doesn't taste like his. Yeah. I'm not here to, I mean, my biggest competition is me. I want yeah. it to be better this time than it was the last time and i'm i'm still doing some of the same things you know i, I learn something every time i get you know in that cooker and you know bring something out of that cooker maybe it could have cooked a little longer maybe cooked a little less this is why it's doing this or this is why it's doing that but i want everybody to be successful i want everybody to have as much fun barbecuing as i do mm. it's 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 therapeutic for me if if it, all it takes is you know getting a couple guys together and Doctoring the meat up, throwing it on the cooker, and then tomorrow when it comes off, we're sitting here breaking bread together, about to hiccup, breaking bread together and talking about things about this barbecue and analyzing it and breaking it down. We're communicating. We are, uh, I don't know, the camaraderie's there, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, and this is why I did this. this you know, I'm proud of it. I want, it's like, this, uh, you know, I built this. This is, yeah. I, I want you to build this and carry on the tradition. Um, I hear barbecue is an art. After eating some people's barbecue, I totally agree with that because it's like, man. So you're not – I mean, the competition and sharing the knowledge, it, it raises all, – like all ships rise with the tide. Absolutely. You all get better. Uh, but beyond that, it, it, why you get into this industry is because of the passion and the camaraderie uh, of sh- having other people that share that passion and, and that, that fuel. You know, you are competing against each other, but at the same time, you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people who have the same passions and – and you know why? Why not geek out on that stuff? Yeah, you know, it, I I I I want everyone to do well. I want every, I don't want anyone leaving there going, well, he wins all the time. You know, you know, come here, you know, let's let's figure this out. I want you to. Is that person talking about you winning all the time? Is that what that was? Oh no! <laughs> you you see these people that win all the time. Well, you want to know what it is they know that you don't, and you 
you know, if you ask, well, I'll use this and I'll do that. And you know, if they're open to it, Myron Mixon said one time, he goes, I can, you know, I wrote a book about it. This is how I do it. Just because I tell you this is how I do it don't mean you can do it the same way. Yeah. But here's how I do it. Yeah. And that just, you know, it's like, it's, we're not curing cancer. We're making barbecue. Yeah. Uh, and people, I mean, people shouldn't have to eat shitty barbecue. So how did you scale to the point where you, I mean, it's, you're bartending and you're competing uh, as a hobby. How did you turn, turn your hobby, uh, your passion into your full-time gig? How did, how did that transition? I'd had enough bartending. I was, you know, time to move on. It's like, what am I going to do? I, you know, I could still bar, I go bartend somewhere else tomorrow. I was just, I wasn't burnt out. I was just. You had enough. I'd had enough. I, it's time to, I, 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 I was so curious. I hadn't put everything into this. And by no means was it this trailer and all this crazy. It was like right out of the back of a pickup and the coolers and the, you know, takes two trips to get everything there and set up tents and unload. I can pull this up now, plug it up, and we're cooking. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a it's a process. It's been a process, and it's that's what I focused all my attention to and effort to, and how I was going to make it, um, get my dividends. You know, you know, financially. I would do this for free if if I could. I would yeah. go around and cook and just let people try this and have this and put on classes and you know here's all you know just from the camaraderie and you know like I said food brings people together and they try this and get this and it's it's so you were just saying you started from having uh, this like I don't know if it was a trailer but it was literally you had to take two trips to just get everything to the, the location where you're competing. Um, how did you? What what year was it when you were doing? Where where were you chronologically at this point? Where you doing that? Two thousand five, two thousand six, ten years ago, about 10, 12 years ago. 10, Whatever years the ago. first Music City, I can't recall the date. And at this point, did you quit bartending? Yeah. So how are you making a living off of just barbecuing at this time? Well, we do like pork, but well, I'll take that back. We I was <laughs> selling moonshine and uh, <laughs> I would do whatever it took, you know, mowing yeah. yards, uh, yeah. but. I was, you know, setting up gigs to cook for this one or cook for that one. And Tina was working and I'd saved a bunch of money, you know. It was, <laughs> I wish I had So you had a little money. bit of a runway, a, yeah, just, a cushion. Yeah, I, I'd made a cushion knowing yeah. that it was time to do something. And then we'd, well, we'd cook for this or we'd cook for that. I didn't even know how to charge people, you know. Uh, now it's gotten to where you have to charge at least this much to cover this, to cover that. Yeah. There's a cost for everything. Yeah. But, you know, you don't want to. It's like people that do catering and for weddings. Well, this is our wedding package. It's so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. And it's going to, it'll be $39 a head for, yeah. da, 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 da. And it's like, and, and uh, some people have a staff. They have to charge that because they got to pay all these people. Uh, I knew what it was when I, you know, we paid for our wedding. Honey, here's this and this, this and this, this. this. Okay. You know, and it was worth it. But we're, you know, if we can get a job, Tina goes, you know, she can say, well, we should have charged this for that. We could have made this much. Well, we made okay. You know, it's like I'm probably not ever going to get rich doing this. But we made enough to cover our bills and make a little bit too, and it helped those kids out. Yeah. Because we were those kids, those broke kids once. And and that's just kind of how, how it kind of goes. But we don't do a lot of ways. We're doing barbecue, so. Yeah, so. I'll be honest when I uh, when uh, my host I'm staying with Grant Thompson, listener of Restaurant Unstoppable. He's hosting me while I'm out here in Nashville. He's been incredible. Love Grant Thompson. He's a great dude. Uh, he put he put you on my radar. 
Uh, and Debbie put you on my radar. Two love people. Debbie's Debbie. awesome. God, uh, he's great. I'm she like, was yeah. the caterer for my wedding. Okay. That was her first event at that mansion. And she walked in there that day and says, wow, one of these days I'm going to own this mansion. Yeah. yeah. So these are two people I, I respect. Me too. Uh, who put you on my radar saying you got to talk to Billy. So I'm like, all right. Um, but then I started trying to do some research. Right. I'm like, well, okay, so like, well, let me learn more about this Billy character. I'm a one-man band. <laughs> and there's really you don't really have much of a digital uh, footprint. Uh, footprint at all. Like, I there's know. really not much. I was like, how? Uh, and, I, and, I, and I'm being completely transparent now. Sure. I went back to, to Grant. I was like, Grant, I can't find anything about Billy out there. I was like, what's what's going on? Like, shit, is, like you're not pulling my leg. Like, what's the story? Like, I'm not going to get this fool on the show. Am I, uh, oh, and I'm not trying that. to say this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not oh, trying to be disrespectful, but I'm saying this. But then, uh, you know, I started thinking about it. You know, like, it's really, it, it's interesting to, to, I, I personally, I'm not a huge fan of social media. I don't like getting on social media. I don't like all the extra work of, I don't enjoy that stuff. I don't enjoy having to tell my story. I don't enjoy having to share every little fucking thing I do. Right. Sorry if you guys are out there like upset with me that I'm not sharing more or whatever. I'm it being will honest. heal. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, I admire the fact that you, now I'm sitting looking at you, behind you, you have this, what is this, 40, how, how many feet long it's is this? 34 trail? feet, four inches long from hitch to taillight. It's a beautiful trailer. You're doing what you love. You you wake up every day and you're happy uh, living the life that you've created for yourself. Uh, and you're supporting your family. You have a beautiful house behind the trailer. Like, and you don't have to go crazy with all the bullshit every day. No. And that is something to be really, truly admired. So, like, I'm happy that they put you on my radar. Me too. I was a little worried because I couldn't find anything to, to back up what they were saying how, about how great right. you were. Um, but how do you get to that point where you can just do what you do, do what you love, and make a living off of it and, and, and not really have to worry about the, the bullshit? Well, it, it was a process. You know, like I said, we, I had other jobs before to get to this house. My wife had a job. Um, and it's just a house. You know, it's like if I wasn't paying a mortgage i'd be paying rent somewhere we got to the point where we bought a house and it's our second house and it was just keeping up with the mortgage you yeah. know because if you don't pay your rent they'll tell you to get the fuck out yeah. so we you know i don't know enough about social i know that social media is the rave you know i, yeah. I came from a time my son asked me a couple weeks ago dad what kind of cell phones you have when you were growing up <laughs> well there's one you had to walk over to the wall and Take it off the hook and you put your finger in a little thing. <laughs> he, he had no idea what I was talking about. You know, a, a rotary phone. Well, what kind of cell phone did you have? I said, I didn't have a cell phone until I was probably 27 years old, 25. And it was that box phone. Weighed about 16 pounds. And I thought I was the cat's ass when I got in. But it's like, this is, this is too much work. But I don't know. Phones are just, they've came a long way. Now you can take in the palm of your hand. And find anything. I mean, you're, you know, technology is amazing. I'm a barbecue guy. <laughs> you don't need a lot of technology. Yeah. You need smoke and heat. I've been doing yeah. it for as long as we've been eating meat, I feel like. You know, like yeah. we were cooking it first. Yeah, and, uh, and there's a way to do it. You, you, wanna, you have to be patient. You have to let the fire do the work. Mm-hmm. You, but you have to be patient. It's barbecue. Yeah. If yeah. you took it too fast, you might as well make tires out of it or something. It's it's too tough to eat. It have to. You have to be patient. The process will do its thing and all of a sudden it makes you look like a rock star. Yeah. All I'm, I'm going to be patient. play on this, this theme of patience and say that to get to where you are, the way you did, you had to be patient. Like you didn't start overnight no, with no. this thing. You, you developed a brand, you developed a following. So how did you, how did you do that? Was it just showing up and doing good barbecue and was it all word of mouth? 
Yes, it's all word of mouth. It yeah. was all word of mouth. We have it says on this trailer somewhere uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, blah 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 blah. It's got a phone number on there that I, I don't even know the phone number, but it have to have it. I just have it plugged to make it come into my phone. Which I'll, I'll, you know, I'm still learning. I'll try to learn something every time and try to be productive in the in the learning process. Um, the Facebook is one of the most common things. It's been, you know, it's more common and it's easier for me to do. But Tino said we need to post this, need to post this, need to post this, post this. We've got lots of pictures on Facebook of some of the stuff that we do. I've cooked for people that, you know, famous people and people that didn't have two nickels to rub together. I love feeding people. You know, there'll be somebody come. Hey, well, I no, I don't have. No, here, take this. I, I I want you to have this. I don't want anything from them. It's, I want everybody to know that this barbecue is this good. And and when I see them again, like, hey, that was you know, it's, yeah, it's that that's pay enough. So over time, just taking care of people and making sure people get people get to experience what you're doing, and uh, slowly just building that momentum. Yes, and. Uh, over time, you, you you start. I mean, was it to the point where you couldn't handle the, the demand with the tools and resources you had? Is that what determined your growth? No, I I I, I could still handle. I just haven't got to that level yet. I'm a like I said, Tina and I we're like a one man band. I, I don't have a lot of overhead as far as a brick and mortar um, employees. You know, we it's it's, it's we're still a new up and coming business. Uh, if something's not right, if, if someone gets some food for me that's, that's not, you know, the best they've ever had or, you know, it's not up to par or they think it's worth, I want to know. I'll give them their money back. But I want to know what it is that's not right about it yeah. so I can learn from them. So the next time they come, how about this? You know, how yeah. about this? I'm just trying to better myself. Every time I cook, I want it to be better than the last time. Um, and you can't please everybody. And, and yeah. you know, we make meat to where, you know, you don't have to put sauce on it. Here's sauce. I'm not putting ketchup on your French fries. I'm not putting sauce on your, you know, ribs. It's just one of those. It's just keeping little things simple. Here's this. Here's that. This is your choice of here's how I've done this. If you'd like that with it, you know, so be it. Um, I'm not looking for like the, the, the advice on how to be a, a Facebook marketer. Oh, yeah. I, I want to know how you get to do exactly what you want to do every day. Be successful and not give a shit about all that other stuff. Yeah, right. And that's a, what, why you're appealing to me. He just took another shot of Moonsween. That's what that little that little click was. Moonsween. Moonsween? Maybe I should not have any more Moonsween. You should have two more shots of Moonsween and <laughs> we'll be yelling at the coyotes yeah. in a little while. Uh, but, you know, I, I admire, I really do admire that you get to do what you love every day and nothing but that. Right. And not to deal with the other bullshit that comes with owning a business right? right so you own a business and everybody's like oh like i want a barbecue like it'll be really fun to open a barbecue restaurant and then you do that and you're like what about what's all this other stuff yeah what's all this L- other garbage that comes you, with it why do i don't i didn't know i had to do all these other things too like i just wanted to barbecue but it seems like you are just barbecuing i mean you, i'm yeah. sure i mean you do other things too like you gotta coordinate with the the client and you gotta sure. you know have a schedule you gotta you know manage your your, your time but for the most part, it seems very simple. And it, I don't. Is I it, try to is keep it, it as simple, simple as it seems. If you keep it simple and do do a few things good, like I said, I'm not. I don't have a menu. Like you'll go to a place that has a menu that reads like a book. Oh, shit, I'm on the fourth page. I don't. Even, where, where's the appetizer? You know, just like I do barbecue. I do a barbecue sandwich. I do pull. You know, loose pulled pork. <coughs> Excuse me. By the pound. 
when we do brisket, we do brisket tacos. I'm not here to be, I'm not trying to be Texas. Yeah. I, I made a brisket taco recipe that doesn't have cheese on it. We make everything fresh. Before we open that window that morning, we'll make everything fresh. I'll make a, uh, a salsa with a, which I've got some in here, I think a peach, uh, mango salsa with fresh cilantro. I like fresh ingredients. In, in the spring and summertime, it's good times because that <laughs> shit is, it's fresh. You know, yeah. it's hard to find mangoes right now mm-hmm. or, or avocados. You know, if you find avocados, they're as hard as that, that table. They're, yeah. they're, and, and they're green. You have to keep them for a week just to get them to turn a little bit yeah. so you can get into them. Or, or they pick them too green and they'll never be right. Or yeah. they've got, or they've got spots in. So anyway, it's got brisket. It's got our our slaw. We make slaw in the mornings before, we, right before we open. That's the last thing we make. We put fresh apples in it because it's got a sweet crunch. It's something different. It's not dipped out of a tub that they got from, you know, one of our food purveyors Kroger. somewhere, your <laughs> Kroger or Cisco <laughs> yeah. or, you know, they all have a, a line of uh, coleslaw that they, you know, they make. And you, we okay? Yeah, we're good. Good. Man. I lost my beer. I found it. Found it. Okay. We um, we make everything. For, I, I make food like I like to eat. I've had shitty food. If I can take that and go, you know, oh, my God. that's You know, every part has to give something like the the, the, the slaw, the salsa, the, uh, the avocado, and just a drizzle of sauce. Each part plays a role. It's like, you know, it's like, a, it's like a, you know, a five-piece band. If somebody's off key, if there's too much, uh, fuck, I don't know. There's too much of something, it overpowers something else. The, the things don't gel like that, you know. So I try to make something that, 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 first of all, the brisket's great. You put enough brisket in there, you don't have to go looking for it. Right there it is. And just yeah. eat, 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 yeah. through every bite. Um, that'd be the tacos. We have um, pork uh brisket I, you know chickens is one of those things it's like we'll do a pulled chicken if the if the group requests it but it's cumbersome and it says here's how we do pulled chicken you know we'll we'll do it this way well or if i go have to go have a meeting with someone i'll take some with me here's my i don't have a here's my card here's what we got here this way this way this way or we'll do sides you know sides are sides are important you know if you're doing a plate we started doing these potatoes that they're simple. You don't have to put sauce and slop and this and everything on everything. If, if, if you want to taste potatoes, this is what potatoes taste like. It's a garlic rosemary potato. And all these things kind of pair well together. And we've, I'd, you know, we you talked about how successful I am. I want to be more successful tomorrow. You know, yeah. I'm successful today because we made enough to cover the light bill. And, you know, we're by no means out of the woods yet. If yeah. I quit for a week, I'd be kind of. My butt would start tightening up, thinking, "Oh shit, we got to get some. It's going to rain. Oh no, we can't." You know. Yeah. So we'll set up. But what is success, though? Success is waking up the next day, going. I get to wake I, up. I get to go down to the cooker and pull that meat off, and to walk to the bottom with, of my driveway and share this with somebody. Yeah, and I try to not to outprice it. I want it to be fair. You know, if they're happy with the price and I'm happy with the portion, some people will be like. I can't eat all that. Well, take it home and eat later. You know, yeah. share it with that kid right there next to you. Yeah. Whatever. I don't, can I have extra sauce? Yes. Can I do this? Yes. It, you know, the answer is always yes. If not, then let's make it yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean, what I'm picking up from you, I mean, everything about from your uh, your business to the, how you operate your business to how you build out your menu. It's just the 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 kiss principle, right? 
Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Keep it simple and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. If if somebody's coming they go, um, do you have a vegetarian option? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, down the street. Yeah. Um they're really nice people. They got they've got salads over the across the road. Yeah, right. Uh, thank you for checking me out. You see this pig? <laughs> yeah. He's drinking and eating. You know? Yeah. Do, well, do you have that? Uh, it's 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 uh, blah, 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 really. <laughs> that shit's good. Um, <laughs> no more moonshine. Oh come on! <laughs> okay. All the cool guys are one doing it. More. Okay, one. <laughs> but um, people, uh, they you know, it's simple. It's like I said, we're not curing cancer. We're making barbecue. Yeah. You walk up to this truck. Now, there's people that have, you know, these uh, celiac and, you know, their food allergies. Before I do a job for someone, like, say, we're going to feed 150 people. First thing I ask, do we have any food allergies or vegetarians? Was, you know how to spot a vegetarian? Um, they're the most pissed off looking No, person. you don't have to. They'll fucking tell you. <laughs> and it's like, by the way, I'm a vegetarian. I'd like to see what you have on your We're a fucking pork food. We do barbecue. <laughs> You know, if it's any consolation, I believe this hog was a vegetarian. Does that help? <laughs> Eat uh, up. But yeah, This has been a fun conversation. I think we're going to roll into the speed round to keep it under an hour and a half. Yeah, uh, it's been a that. great conversation. Uh, so the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? I make food like I like. like I like. It has to be great food. It, uh, it has to have a wow factor. Compared to where you can get somewhere, I'm not trying to be like anybody else. I'm not trying to be like, hell, I'm just trying to make the best food I possibly can today and tomorrow make it that much better. Mm. What is your biggest weakness? (sighs) My biggest weakness. uh, Time, but you have to be patient. You know, Mm -hmm. my biggest weakness is. We're going to be there. What? All right. We got to hurry. You know. Um, yeah. It's all right. We'll move to the next, move the next one. Hell, I don't know. Uh, I didn't know I had any weaknesses. <laughs> uh, what is your biggest challenge today? My biggest challenge today. Today. Oh, I was getting rid of this fucking headache that I had. I've had a sinus infection, but I got rid of it. <laughs> I hadn't had a headache. I've had a headache for two and a half days that actually just broke me down and to finally get to meet with you, I was like, I've got to get up and move around because it was nice got into my chest, but it's like, this this is great stuff. This moonshine is <laughs> My biggest challenge today was just getting everything, you know, cleaned up and wait for the next rain because to wash anything right now is going to be senseless. But <laughs> what's the next speed challenge or speed round <laughs> question? Um, so a lot of these are very... Uh, particular to uh, running a team, uh, a restaurant, uh, but you do run a team at time when you have a, a lot of things going on. So, uh, share uh, one tip on building your team. So, when you are looking to build your team uh, of people to work with you, what are you looking for in that team? Um, what am I looking for? Um, they have to be. They have to love food. You know, they have to like. They well, have to like you, know, you were hiring too when you were a bartender, right? That was a big part. Oh, yeah. Of so what were you looking for when you were back in your bartending days? Well, I had to be in this truck. If I'm hiring somebody, if we're doing a, an event where I need four or five people and there's a line, you know, 15 people deep all day long, I need somebody that can, you know, that, that understands where we're going. You know, they have, they got to have a little common sense about them, but 
they got to be able to drink beer yeah. because if we're in there and all cooped up together, a beer every now and again and a little plain. <laughs> How are we doing? We're doing great. Let's have a beer. Okay, cool. You know, it's, we all have to get along. So what is one core value uh, when you're maybe even to this day or when you're bartending uh, that you, you taught your, your team when you're putting this team together, when you're managing the bar, right? Um, how, how are you teaching these people how to be? You mean like a barbecue team? No, like when you're just surrounding yourself, like, like how, what's a one, uh, I guess the word I use is what's one code of conduct or behavior when you're mentoring these young people, when you're, when you're surrounding yourself with oh. these young people and, and how do you teach them how to be, how do you teach them how to act? How do you teach them how to be good, proper people? <clears throat> well, well, nobody, goes let's back, be honest, nobody's really proper in this. Yeah, industry. really. But well, like, well in, you, in this trailer, you know, we, <laughs> all, we also, we're, we're, we're good people. Yeah. I'm a heathen. It'll come out of me every now and again. <laughs> but when these people come to the window and they've got their kids, you know, you got to be respectful. Yeah. You've got to be, you got to stand behind the product. You got to, you got to believe, you know, if somebody was telling me that, Hey, this is the greatest th- 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 ever. I could look at them and go, you have no idea what this is. All. You know, it's just like, you just, you got to believe in it. You got to believe that you're in the best place. Now, as far as hiring people in here, I've not, noticed that the work ethic, the work ethic for a lot of people this day and age, they don't have much. You know, it's like it's time for my break, or it's, you know, they're looking for the next chance to do something else. I don't really need you in there. You know, yeah. you're kind of more in the way than anything. Now, as far as my barbecue team, it has to be somebody that I can trust because I'll go to a barbecue contest and I'll stay up for thirty five, forty five hours. But when you know, until you know, I'll take a nap here and there, but I've got a team now that is like, look, me and when Jason, we've been watching it for six hours. Jack and da, 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 y'all, they they know everything about this because we're we've got the best thing on the pit. We're going to put to judges later. I can trust it. You know, I can trust them with it. It's there's a few people that just don't give two shits or don't know to give two so shits. How do you know you found that person that gives a shit? Because we'll sit out here and drink beer and talk about just like you and me, talk about how much we love this and yeah. love what we're doing, and you can feel it. You just yeah. it's just like you know we're connecting. Yeah, and uh, I've got the greatest team. Awesome. You know we got to you know they drink well, <laughs> they cook well, and you know they they get it. You know if it's if they watch thermometers, if, if you can watch a thermometer and drink beer, yeah. you're a barbecue team. What's one uncommon standard of service? So this is something that's common within your your uh, trailer, your truck, uh, when you're interacting with your guests, the people that come see you. How do you take that service up a notch? What, what are some tricks you have on delivering that amazing <coughs> service? Hmm. Well, you can cut your talk. Down. Of course, I could talk to a stump, and yeah, of course, we've rambled on about everything, right but, <laughs> everything, but everything but barbecue for the first hour, and we're here to talk about barbecue. But um, keep a smile on your face, you know, make eye contact, talk to them like, you know, like like you want them to understand that this is about to be the best thing that, you know, that, you know, this is what you came for. I hope you're ready. We had a guy one time a couple years ago, he was working CMA Fest and uh, he was he was the best. He would we'd we'd switch positions every now and again. He's a bartender. He's a bar guy, you know, and uh he would hand this thing. He goes, congratulations, ma'am. She'd be like, excuse me. He goes, 
it's about to be like sex in your mouth. <laughs> He's like, what? Go, oh, that's the best barbecue sandwich you've ever had. Blah, blah, blah. And later, you wouldn't believe the girls would come back and go, man, you wasn't kidding. That was awesome. Thank you. And I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. Well, you know, there's something to be said there about the power of just confidence in your product. Yeah. Right? And if you get excited about something yes. and you, you, you're not just passing them the sandwich – you're passing them your energy and your excitement for the thing that they're about to experience. Right. And you can you can really when you meet somebody whoever has the most excitement about something or whoever feels the most the, who has the greatest uh, feeling about something yeah. that person's going to win the energy war. Right. Like you're going to bring them up to your level. So you got to you got to meet them there like you, you ready for this? Right. Like you you I don't know if you're looking now you're ready. Okay, I'll yeah. give it to you. But if you you build that suspense and you really believe in what you're handing them that experience, they're going to be sold on it, you right. know, and, and you, you got to, you know, take well, it you got to believe, I mean, I believe that, you know, I've made the best barbecue sandwich I possibly can. I can't wait for you to try yeah, this. There's a, little, there's a little bit of showmanship in there too, right. you know, you, yeah. and you got to also believe in it. You don't want to be conning people, uh, but you, you got to believe it. I love it, man. Um, what's one book that will make us a better person or a restaurant owner or food and beverage, a food truck or a barbecue pit master? Like what's one book that we can, we can read, whether that's business or, Whatever. Uh, personal growth. Is there a book that you can recommend? A book that I can recommend. The Bible is one. I, I don't, I'm not going to get off, you know, but, you know, there's, there's so many things to, to the Bible that says, uh, you know, just about how to carry yourself. How, you know, how to be a good person. Yeah. You know, do unto others as you want to yeah. do. Cook food like you want to, like you would want to eat. Yeah. You know, not to, not to just call that the Bible. Uh, the second one would be, um, Myron Mixon's cookbook. Myron Mixon. Myron Mixon. He's the best barbecue guy in the world. He's got over three hundred grand champions. He's been, you know, if you don't, if you can't, if I mean, there's no bigger barbecue guy in the world. And he's been on these pitmaster shows, and he's that cocky one, you know, with all the attitude. But part, there's part of production, a, a production value to yeah. that. But I'm telling you, the cat knows what he's doing. So is is the but value he, in the recipes or the value? Is there other other like it's in all of it underlined like ways to be ways to act? Like wh- what's the value in that? The book? value in that book is like he said, just like he said, you know. Oh, we're good neighbors are. Hey, neighbor. <laughs> good boy. Neighbor. Good boy, Charlie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the value in that book, he goes, look, these are these are the recipes that that I use. This is how I do it. Just because I give you these recipes don't mean that you can do them. I have no problem giving you. Matter of fact, I just sold you a cookbook and made eight bucks, you know. He's telling you this is how I do it. Now, he's got a system and a setup that's worked for him time after time after time. And he's got the spiel when he comes out there telling the judges. You know, when a judge comes to your tent or your spot, you know, when when you're, you know, uh, they're there to judge you. You have to make them believe that that's the best piece of barbecue that they put in their mouth on this entire lot of other top-notch barbecue guys. And you have to sell it. Mm-hmm. Myron Mixon will sell it. I'll tell you what, Carrie Bringle's another one. Now, we hadn't talked much about <laughs> Carrie, but I love Carrie Bringle. Just came from his restaurant, Porker. Uh, Peg uh, Leg Peg Porker. Porker, yeah. Man, that guy right there has forgotten as much about barbecue as most of these new cats coming up will ever know. He He's third generation i think uh barbecue guy he's he's one of my mentors yeah. if, if i never say nothing else in my life you know i'm i'm where i'm at today a lot because of carrie bringle he he he, he gets it you know he, what does he get he gets he gets it to the point where he's like he's this is the way we do it 
this is the way my relatives before me did it. This is how I'm doing it now. And he's built it into a business to where, you know, telling people this is this is real Tennessee barbecue. Yeah, this is this is this is how I do it. This is how he's done it for years and years and years. And it, nothing's changing. And, and people just go like, oh, man, you know. And the other big lesson I got from him is this is how he does it. Yeah. And if you don't like the way he does it, then his barbecue is not for you, and he's not sure. going to be offended. I'm by I'm not that. offended by yeah. This is this is the way I do it. This is the the way that you're going to get it if you're here. And you can and go you this time, or you can go six months from now. It'll be the same. Pieces. Yeah, and you're not going to be able to tell me anything. Yeah, that's going to make me change those the way other thirty five right people now. behind you. If you don't want it, those other thirty five people behind you, be glad yeah. to get it. Yeah, and this, the, I walked in there, and I was like, uh, I was like, we're going to be able to record at the bar. He's like, oh yeah, this is, we're quiet. And I, I turn around, every seat's full. Yeah. Uh, and there's a line to the door. He's like, "Yeah, it's quiet. This is a quiet Friday, so we should be good." Yeah. I'm like, "This is your day on a quiet day." He's like, "Oh, yeah." I mean, in that person, but the confidence of knowing, like, this—it's not necessarily because you're never going to make everybody happy. Is the no. Point. So do what you do, and you have your fans make them happy and be consistent. Get it to that. a point you put your name on it, and there's my name on it. This is what this yep. is how we do it. Absolutely. And he's he's such a such a he's another one of those cats we talked about earlier about how. If you ask him a question, how, you know, if I do this and that, well, here's how, blah, 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 blah. And you take it and you go with it and you thank him. Like when we won at Music City, um, when we got, it was a KCBS and an MBN both, you know, combined uh, contest. That's the way it always was at Nashville. We got named uh, the Grand Old Porker. He'd get it one year, and then we'd get it one year, and then he'd get it one year. But the first year I ever got it, that was the biggest thing I'd ever won. And I was so tired. I'd been on about 40 hours of just, you know, one, you know, because I couldn't tell. We were better drinkers. But, but I was to the <laughs> point where I was getting more serious about it, and the rest of the guys were still great drinkers, you know. We had one guy who was a, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And taking another swig. But the first thing that I did, and when we when we were at Memphis the first year, we we took ninth place at Memphis in May. That's the World Championships. That's the Super Bowl of Swine. We took ninth place in Whole Hog. <laughs> and the first thing I can do, oh yeah, like, I'm such a pussy. Thank you, Carrie Brown. I had there's you know eight thousand people out here, and all of a sudden I'm like, thank you, Carrie Brown. I don't know where you're at, and all of a sudden, hey, and there he was. I had to thank him because. You know, I he answered questions. He he let me hang out. I went to his cooking school one time where you know I just, I, I became a judge just so I would know what judges were looking for. Yeah. But we'd go through the judging class. No, I had no idea what judges were looking for. Yeah, and it had to be Carrie and his lovely wife um, Delania put on this cooking school. You know, just to even compound off of what you're sharing judging with school. us about Carrie. Um, first time I met him today. Yeah. Right. Sit down, just like I'm sitting down with you. Talk to him about an hour, hour and a half. Um, before I leave that place, he's on the phone. He's introducing me to two more people I need to talk to. He made sure I left with a, a meal that he, that was on the house and he made sure I had a couple beers that were on, like, you know, and he just, he, he takes care of people and, and he knows that it's about giving. I feel like he understands that it's about how much value you provide. Carrie Bringle is a pit master's pit master. Like yes. we talked about bartenders, bartender. Yeah. That man right there, he he would get the shirt off his back. He he's funny. He's intelligent. He's a great businessman. He's he's all that. You know, he's the things that I, you know I'm striving to be. I'm starting with this. You know, Carrie's got more barbecue time and way more barbecue time than I do. But I found it at one point. This is what I want to do, and then, and I'm you know, this is where I'm going with it. And yeah. you know, he has his his way of doing it. I've got my way of doing it. 
I'm not in competition with Carrie Brangle. I praise Carrie Brangle. He's yeah. he's just that guy that's been very good and very helpful for me and my family. So, so what's I think have I I asked this I asked you about the book, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I said the dude. Bible. I just like another. I said the, the Bible because you know of yeah, how you're Bible, supposed to treat yeah. people and treat you know. <laughs> Share an online resource or tool that you leverage to maybe stay on top of what's happening in the barbecue barbecue circuit. Maybe um, I don't know if you're are you using any you leverage. I mean, you don't seem like the tech type. Like, not really. I'm just trying to. I'm trying can, to maintain to where I, you know, you know, get to this level. Then I'll ease up the next level. Just, you know, eventually I'll get it to where. You know, people ask about how you know what it is to be rich. There's, there's. I'm rich in other ways other than money. Mm-hmm. The money will come as long as I keep the lights on and you know everybody has you know everybody's comfortable and you know that's money's paper and ink will make more tomorrow. Yeah, got to got to. Hope that we stay in good health enough to, you know, maintain all that. But there's things like like friendship with Carrie or friendship with you or friendship with Grant or Dave or all these people that we surround ourselves with that you can't put a price on. We just had to be barbecue guys. We do something that few people do, say, maybe as good as we do. If you, you know, maybe they can do it that good. And you'll always have some, hey, well, here's how I do it. And here's, and you just, Sit there and smile and wink and wave and yeah. nod and, but this is how I do it. Like right now, it smells wonderful right here. It smells like hickory smoke and pork right now off the edge of this trailer. It does smell freaking God, awesome. God, it smells great. This oh, whiskey man. and yeah, <laughs> this is a good. I'm rich right now. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to be sitting here with us right now? Yeah, it's a good time, man. And absolutely, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Love it. And I'm curious, are there any? Uh, usually, this is asked where, where where I ask what technologies are you leveraging? Oh, yeah, that's what we said. Uh, well, th- that was like the online resources tools. This is like a technology that would be okay. in the restaurant. So I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, are you using Square? We are using Square. Okay, so why did you go with Square? Square is uh, well, it's like a cell phone. Yeah, you know, it's it's mobile it's handy wherever you can pick up a cell phone signal you can pick up yeah. you know and it it's it's new there i'm sure there's other there's other um systems out there that probably work as good or better yeah. but we went with square and we're i think square is great for simple operations yeah uh, where you're only selling maybe six or seven or ten things on the menu and it's you it, it, it's it's perfect for what you're doing what about barbecue are there any barbecue i mean barbecue is as old as time uh but are you leveraging like I see you have like a, a, t- a thermometer that is uh, remote? It's a, w- a wireless thermometer. Maybe w- was I imagining that earlier? Oh, those are up it? there. Oh, the uh, um, I've got thermometers. You know, later I'll stick uh, a thermometer like in those pork loins. Yeah, I want them to. I don't want them to go past a certain degree because shortly after that is like there's a small window. Just like when, like when we're doing a whole hog at Memphis in May, or when we're doing. Um, there, there's components about doing a whole hog at Memphis in May. Are you smoking a whole hog in that thing, or do you use something else? I'll use that, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what we did a couple years ago. That was the We were showcasing the cookers. We showcased those cookers at Memphis in May. And everything that could go wrong did, it seemed like. Not everything, but we we didn't have a trailer. Like we had it just on a flat trailer. There was that cooker set on a flat trailer out in the middle of nowhere. Apparently, they brought it in on Tuesday or Wednesday before. And put it in the spot where the whole hogs, his whole hog spot was. And they were doing shoulders, you know, on the other side of the park. And then they come by a couple of days later and goes, hey, here's your, here's your, your, your signs for your mm-hmm. spot. He told Boone, Boone, take this spot over, take this sign over and put it on the, hang on the trailer so they'll know who's, who, who it belongs to. 
Boone comes back 10 minutes later. Like, still got the sign. He goes, Boone, I told you to. He goes, well, there's nothing there. He goes, bullshit. I put that trailer there myself. And uh, sure enough, trailer, cooker, everything was gone. So he and stole it. $12,000 cooker Jesus. is gone now. Trailer too. But we're inside the gates at Memphis in May. He goes, wait a minute. Well, it went the rest of that day and the next day. Nobody knew where the cooker was. And they were setting up spots. and I mean, spots are tied at Memphis and May. Like a 26 by 50 costs you 3150 bucks, And that's your entry fee and da-da-da-da-da. That's just it. Well, when they were moving, they had re... I don't know, measured them, whatever. Anyway, started closing in. Well, they took that cooker and just moved, thinking somebody just parked it there. Took it down behind maintenance shed somewhere and just dropped it off. So there was no spot. It was like 340, or 242, 243, 245, 246. You know, wait a minute. So he gets on the horn with uh, the president of the Memphis Magos. Got a problem. So they made us a spot. And it was an old walkthrough place. It was muddy right, right next to where the media tent and all this other stuff is. So they started bringing in sand. They put down these old pieces of plywood. It looked like a fucking bomb had went off. <laughs> and there set a cooker on a trailer. Well, you know, it's all about, the, you know, being nice and shit, you know. So we wind up, you know, cooking. The, we get the hog. It's eight hours late. We're supposed to have it that morning on. We didn't get it till you know, six o'clock that night. It was, wait, 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 wait. And so the guy broke down, bringing it from North Carolina, bringing the hog. Then it was partially frozen. It's like, wait, what? what? This is bullshit. Yeah. So it usually takes me about two hours to trim a hog up. I had Hunter and, and Nathan with me on my team. And I uh, had the guy from, uh, Trey from, um, uh, the farmhouse farmhouse. Yes. Yeah. Love Trey. God, I love Trey. Yeah. Have you, have you got a meeting with him? Yeah. He was on the show yesterday. God, I love him. <laughs> him and his guy was there and we brought that hog in on a, uh, it's at six o'clock and move, 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 threw it up on the table. Like we was going to bring it back to life and started handing out knives and trimming and trimming, trim, 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 trim. Well, from one hour from the time we got it from the top of the hill, one hour later, we was putting it in that cooker and just shutting the door. I went, this is crazy. <laughs> and uh, so I cooked. I turned the heat up to like about 100 degrees hotter than normal, which is you'd never do that. But we didn't put any rub. We just salted it and injected it. And I watched it all night. And the next day, it was, uh, it was to the point of where I don't know if we're going to make time. You know, I, it, it, it's not ready. So I, I dialed it up again. We went over to the shoulder. By the time we got back over doing shoulder, the temperatures were perfect. Like you want the uh, uh, shoulder, they want to taste the shoulder, the ham, shoulder, the ham, and the loin. Shoulder has more fat. Yeah, they cook at different speeds. Well, they do, but you got to cook it all as one. Yeah. If I can get that ham to 192 degrees, the shoulder is going to be about 198, and then uh, the loin's done. But what I did was, where we split it, um, I filled it full of chunks of kielbasa, like just a. You oh, so know, you, you covered it so it would cook slower. Just chunks, no, just just not cook slower, but drip that fat down in there okay. to keep the loin moist. Okay. We got it. Everything worked out, um, and we wound up third in the world wow. in whole hog. It's like, all that shit that happened with salt and oh my and, god! Uh, I was just like that day. I I didn't think there was any way in hell we'd have a, ch- a shot. And then I was like, wait a minute, that was great. That hog tasted great. They are doing, you know, show. We didn't do anything in shoulder. 
I'm sitting there drinking whiskey like like it's my job. I just want to pass <laughs> out. I've been up all. I've been up for two days. So, and uh, so the question originally was, what technology? Are you I don't fucking know. Oh, thermometers, <laughs> fucking digital thermometers. <laughs> I told you, let's have some more of this. <laughs> oh man, this is fun. Uh, okay, so this this is the last question I have for you. It's a big one. Are you ready? Wait, before I move on to that question, what what's the brand of the thermometer? I want to be able to link to something in the show notes. Oh, I've got several. I'll have to look. What's your favorite? Just one that's on the one that's correct. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it can be made with a broomstick and a straw and a piece of duct tape and a, a pocket watch. But if that number's right, I'm good. I mean, there I have several. I'll, I'll pick up one here, one there. Okay. I don't have a I don't have a name brand that. It's all good. Sure would be nice to have a thermometer <laughs> deal out there. <laughs> Or a charcoal deal. <laughs> All right. If you got the news, this is the last question, by the way. Sucks for me. I love this. If, if you got the news that you'd be leaving this world tomorrow, all the memories of you, your work, your barbecue trailers, your, or your future restaurants would be lost with your departure, with the exception of three pieces of wisdom, three things you know to be true about success in the food and beverage industry. Uh, to leave behind for your legacy and for the good of hospitality and just humanity, what would those three pieces of wisdom be? Those three pieces of truth. Listen to your listen to your customer base. They're the ones that you know. You got to listen to them to a point. You're 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 giving them a product. Be 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 uh, confident in the product you're giving your customer base. Listen to their feedback. Now you can't please them all, but of course that's that's one thing. What's the second thing? Um, that leave a legacy. Oh, um, love everybody. I love it. Love everybody. Love, love feeding them. Love talking to them. Love, um, you know, listen to them. Um, damn, I should have thought about that. If I'd have known ahead of time, I'd have had a little better answer probably, but Billy, yeah, man, this has been fun. <laughs> it really has. You've been a great, uh, Usually this is I say this is where I say you've been a great guest. Oh, thank you. But you've been a, a great host too. I'm here in your at your home. Uh, you've been you know feeding uh, feeding me with beer, uh, which is fine by me. Uh, and uh, moonshine we'll and too, man. Uh, good good company. Uh, you've been a great host and guest. Thank you. So much. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, your values, and uh, what you know to be true about su- success in this industry. Uh, it's. I'm all over the place because I'm a little drunk. I'm not going to lie. That's okay. Uh, I almost forgot to ask you to share uh, or to call somebody out. Who's one independent restaurant operator or uh, somebody in, in maybe in the circuit, uh, that you're, you're, the barbecue circuit, uh, that you admire and believe would make a great guest mentor on the show? Carrie Bringle. Just came there, man. I, just came I know you there. did. Uh, let me okay, have another one. Uh, <laughs> no, that's fine, man. That's fine. We'll yeah, be- Carrie Bringle, is, is, he's the pit master's pit master. He's a friend of a – he's a friend's friend. He's – He's a good family man. That's another thing I want to say a minute to, a while ago too. Is you know, stick by what you believe in. If you believe that this is the best you can do, then you know, that's the best you can do. You're not like I said. We're not curing cancer. We're just making barbecue. And if you love it, you know, and somebody else loves it, then there's you know there'll be two more after you that love it. Yeah. Just uh, just do the best you can, and oh, never skimp. Never never cut corners to the point of where you're you're trying to. Sell, just get rid of something to get over on someone. Just got you know, you know, if you won't eat it, then don't give it to anybody else. So, how can we connect if we want to follow what you're doing? Is a is there a Facebook handle or there is Facebook a, slash 
The Beached Pig? Is it is The Beached it? Pig on Facebook. It's it's the little at circle. Yep. The Beached Pig, and it'll bring up our little logo. And um, you can always call us at area code 615-838-9842. That's my personal cell phone number and the Beached Pig number. Um, or just ask one of the people that we've served from the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look for us... Uh, at a town near you. Beautiful. Billy, thanks again for taking the time to join us to share your story, to share your mentorship, to share your advice, your recommendations. There is no questioning, my friend. You are unstoppable. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, man. Thanks. Well, there is another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable, and uh, that was that was tough for you to deal with. Uh, I apologize, but there was some value in here. Uh, I, I am sorry for uh, getting – I mean, I've had drinks on the show before, but I think that's the first time I, I, I was drunk. Uh, but, you know, hey, man, we only live once, and this was a great experience. And when somebody's pulling up uh, some amazing – moonshine uh and they're you know being your host and uh you just don't say no (laughs) you kick back and you have some moonshine and you you connect with somebody and that's what billy and i did during this uh great time in his cul-de-sac uh sitting right outside of his massive trailer his barbecue trailer and um the cool thing about this conversation uh was just you know, I, th- I think sometimes we get really caught up in all the extra stuff we have to do to be competitive, to to market ourselves, to promote ourselves, and to the, the the tricks of the trade. And I mean, all that stuff can give you an edge in a competitive market for sure. But what I love about Billy's story is, at the end of the day, it's really just about camaraderie and making people happy and loving people and loving what you do. And if you can do that, and you can sell to other people the fact that you love what you do and you can sell that love and you can, and you can transfer that energy and that love to other people uh, and not just serve them barbecue, but serve them love on a plate uh, and that the energy that you're giving them because you, you believe that you love what you do. That's so powerful and so important to not lose sight of. Uh, and a lot of the, the biggest lesson that happened during my experience here with Billy happened after the recording so after the recording we we hung out a little bit uh the we did some more barbecues more smoking uh neighbors started coming out the the someone down neighbors were walking over and before you know it uh just a i think a friday night a normal friday night uh he's got a bunch of his neighbors over we're all eating uh barbecue sandwiches we're all having drinks we're having a good time and you can just tell this guy Billy, man, he loves he loves people, and that's how we ended this this episode. And he he showed it to me afterwards. He showed me the love. He he just loves giving. He loves sharing what he does. He loves sharing his passion with other people. And if you can love what you do, and you can share that love with other people, uh, and you can keep it simple, I think you can make it in this industry. I think you just need to remember what it is that you fell in love with in the first place, and just and know and have those priorities uh, of love at the forefront and passion at the forefront and uh you know patience at the forefront uh, just keep showing up you can be unstoppable awesome stuff great episode today like always guys please do reach out to me eric at restaurantstoppable.com let me know who you want to hear from let me know what you want to learn i'll go after the experts keep those five-star reviews on itunes and stitcher radio coming they help so much but the best way to support this show guys please share it let somebody you know 
uh, who's aspiring to be great know about this resource. You are the five, the average of the five people you surround yourself with, and uh, you can surround yourself with some incredible people with this podcast. And uh, one more thought before I let you go, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hitting the road again. Uh, this was my last episode on the road, living out of my car, traveling from Pittsburgh to Columbus, Ohio, to Dayton, Ohio, to Cincinnati. Ohio to Lexington, Kentucky to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I had a great time on the road. Uh, met some incredible people, and I want to do it again. Uh, so as I'm publishing this, it is mid-April. I will be traveling. I'm actually sitting in Thailand, uh, so I guess I'm technically still on the road. Uh, I'll be going back to the states soon, and. Um, I want to, like I said, I want to go back on the road again. So if you have a place for me to crash, uh, a spare room, a, a spot on the floor, uh, an Airbnb that's not being used, reach out to me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Uh, let me know that I can come to your city uh, and I would love to. And uh, if I get enough responses, I'll set up a string like I did last time. And uh, I'm thinking West Coast. So if you want to host me, let me know. Okay, I've said it enough times. Thanks for sticking around this long. I love you all. Until next time, peace out.